be inspired by everything except wedding photography. <laughs> the goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for Wengraves, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and grow your wedding business. This is a special episode brought to you by Photography Farm in anticipation of Thrive happening this March 2022. Thrive is an all-star wedding photography workshop taught this year by six phenomenal mentors. And we've teamed up with Farm to bring you six episodes for you to get to know them a little bit better. In this penultimate episode of our Photography Farm Perspective Collaboration, we'll be introducing you to your fifth Thrive mentor, Sony Europe Ambassador Beatrice of the Quirky. But before we get onto that, and say it with me, kids. Greg, what are we drinking? So again, because I bought the biggest bag of coffee from Hard Lines, we're drinking their house party. I think batch recording these episodes yep. and buying a massive bag was a bad idea because it's getting repetitive now. <laughs> yeah. I've tried to alternate it a wee bit. But you, you have. Um, drinking that, but so yes. I'll get pouring. So pour it um, and not over the, de- the desk like I tried to get you to do last week. Because um, we're having so many technical issues, it's, 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 it's unreal. However, we are joined today by Beatrice. Hello, Beatrice. How are you this morning? Hello. <laughs> Hello, guys. Well, I'm really fine. And you? Yeah, awesome. Uh, and thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Like, it's a pleasure and I think it will be a, like an interesting conversation. Yes, yes, yeah. I think it will be. I, I've, I have to say, I've really been enjoying getting to know all the, the Thrive mentors. Um, you've all been super interesting to chat to so far. So Beatrice, I'm looking forward to, to getting to know you a little bit better as well. So where where are you joining us from today? Oh well, today I'm in France. I'm not at home because uh, I'm I'm traveling all week uh, this week. Uh, but still, I'm in France. So I, I think you can hear this in my beautiful French accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can hear that I'm French. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm living. I'm ba- I'm based in France, and um, and um, and yeah, that's it. Awesome. Uh, what, what makes you travel this this uh, fine morning? Uh, well, this whole week I have like multiple uh, projects, like uh, shooting, not weddings for this week, mm-hmm. uh, but shootings. And at the end of the week, I have like a, a weekend off with some friends. Oh, nice. Like the nice. first weekend off I have for the last, I don't know, eight months or so. <laughs> So, so I think I'm gonna enjoy this weekend like very much. Hell yes, absolutely. I, I think you'll deserve it. Absolutely. Uh, do you, sorry, I didn't even ask. Are, are do you have a beverage? Are you, are you comfortable? Do you have a, a coffee in hand or? I have like a glass of water, and I just ate, I don't know if you know this, but like of this uh, chocolate in a rock um, shape. Okay. I don't know. I don't even know this one if you have this one in England, but I, uh, I, I don't know. C- can you can you show it to us again? 
What? What is it? So it's a, a red wrapper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's it's a one chocolate in the shape of a, a rock, like a little rock. Okay. Uh huh. Like yeah. a like it's a. in France. The only thing I can think of that's like that's like that is like a Ferrero Rocher. Is that similar? Exactly. It's oh. this kind of chocolate. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Right. Okay. Cool. Mm. Oh, very good. We don't even have any snacks. <laughs> you know. No. So Beatrice. When we've been recording these podcasts, and our listeners all know this, I've been bringing in gifts for Greg. Nearly, nearly every episode has been. I've brought in whiskey. I've brought in fizzy juice. Two lots of fizzy juice. Not one treat for me, Beatrice. I, I did mean to bring some cake in last time. But yeah, and now it's gone. <laughs> nice, but it's not gone in my tummy. So, yeah. Well, next time, think about the chocolate. Yeah, yeah Greg, think about the chocolate. Think about the chocolate and the children and me. All right. So, so you mentioned that you're busy this week and that you've got a weekend off. What what else have you been up to so far this year? Uh, last year, I've done like many many things. Um, I mean, uh, change of plans have changed a little bit the past uh, years, like thanks to pandemic and all the stuff. Uh, so last year was a quite special year for me. Um, I had. Like the biggest wedding year I've done since the last uh, decade. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it was like crazy as hell, and um, and at the same time, since two thousand, I say two thousand nineteen or eighteen, maybe uh, with my um, with my partner, we started to shoot a little bit more corporate fashion and all the stuff. And twenty twenty one was kind of the year we are. Really, we, we really developed it. So we did like really crazy season and corporate and fashion and shooting and it was like <laughs> crazy. Yeah. And you survived. Holy shit. Well done. <laughs> well, yeah, we survived, but at what cost? Because um, I mean, yeah. so far, I'm quite well, but my partner is doing videos and as you know, it's like longer like to edit and all the stuff. So yeah. he's like still editing some weddings of the, the last weddings we did on the last year. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I, I suppose, um, obviously uh, now Jeremy, is that, is that right? Your, your partner? Yeah. Um, cause you yeah. are only one half of the quirky and, uh, Jeremy, yeah. uh, Jeremy is the other half. Um, so, uh, how, how long have you been in business together? What's your your working relationship like? Well, um, I am a photographer for more than a decade now. I mean, this year, I think it's my 14th year, I think. Uh, I stopped counting. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it says about me that I'm old, and I'm not that old. So <laughs> you just started young. But, yeah, exactly. I started young. Uh, but I'm working with Jeremy, like, uh, I think we started to work together seven years ago. Okay. So, and in life, uh, we are a couple in life. Uh, yeah. Like, it's almost 15 years now. Mm-hmm. And, but we started to work together only seven years ago. Right. And okay. uh, I was already a photographer, so when, uh, when he had the occasion, like, he was working in a completely different uh, area. And so he wanted to change job. And so I just tell, I just told him, like, why don't you work with me? And uh, seven years ago, 
like in France, video was not quite a big thing. Yeah. And so I said, yeah, why don't you work with me if you, if you don't like your job anymore? Like, do video so we can, like, work both together on the same wedding. And said, oh, okay, why not? And <laughs> and that's how we start to begin, like, we begin to work together. Uh-huh. So it was just like, oh, yeah, why not? Very mm. cool. So, so he only does the video aspect of your business, correct? Yeah, well, sometimes he can second me on photos and sometimes I can second him on videos. But okay. most of the time I'm doing photos and he's doing video. Oh, that, that's quite cool. So when you when you get a booking, is it always for the photo and video or do sometimes you only do video, sometimes you only do photos and do you work separately? Well, yeah, well, we decided something is, that was one of the reasons he started to work with me because I, uh, back in time, I was traveling a lot. And of course, because of weddings, it was on weekends and he was working uh, on weekdays and he was off on weekends, so it was quite difficult. Yeah. Um, so we decided to have like quite a rule that we want to respect like the best we can is that between May and September, we work only together okay. and most oh, of the time cool. we're working like uh, photos for me, videos from, for him. And outside of this time, we can separate our work. But at the end, we still like to work together better because like we're complementary. We, we used to work together. It's been seven years. So, but yes. we can, like, we can separate our work if, uh, if there's an occasion or a shooting or something that is interesting for him or for me. Yeah. There's no no problem for the twice. Yeah. yeah. And do you find when you do work separately and you're working with possibly another videographer, do you have more of an appreciation for what they are doing and what they need to get? Yeah, because it's like you have to, when you're working with something, someone new or with a different way of working that you used to, um, it's like you have to relearn everything. Like you have to talk more with the people you're working with, like to know like how you're doing this in this kind of situation. How do you want me to, where do you want me to be? So I'm not in your, in your camera. Or, and I don't have to do that with Jeremy because we know like we don't have to talk anymore to know each other so it's it's easier but it reminds me it's cool sometimes because it reminds me how it is to work with someone else Mm -hmm. and that i have to pay attention more uh, with the people i'm working with so sometimes it's cool to to work with someone else Mm -hmm. that's cool do you guys ever have arguments where it's like no i've got the harder job no, 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 I, uh, my job is harder. I've got audio to deal with. And you're like, yeah, well, you're always in my way. Do, do you have those kind of arguments? No, not anymore, because I know, I know for sure that he has the word, the hardest work. <laughs> I mean, um, even on the wedding days, he's the kind of guy who's working alone most of the time on the video part, mm-hmm. but he still wants to emulate like that's, for three or four people in the room. So he has three cameras like during the ceremony, <laughs> like one he has in his hands, yep. two that have different angles, 
and during the ceremony he was running from one to the other to like to check if, if, if everything is okay yep. so I know he has the, the artist work and, and and I don't talk about the editing part because I mean oh my god I'm, yeah. I, I'm just checking his timeline on the on the premiere and I'm like oh my god how, how can you do that I mean I don't understand anything of that so definitely with, I don't argue with that <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. But you heard it here first, people. Sony Europe ambassador says that video is harder. Yeah. As the end of the conversation, I don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Definitely, just, you got you guys doing the like the artist job. <laughs> I think I think we're definitely weirder than photographers, right? Who wants Maybe. to do the harder job? Yeah, I don't know what. Like sometimes I think man, I just wish I was a photographer. I, but I don't see the world the way that you guys do. And who were we speaking to about that? The the oh, we were speaking to Dylan Kitchener. How he so he makes films and is a photographer, but he can't do both at the same time. And I can't do both at the same time. In fact, I just find photography is just totally different. So I can't even do it very well at all. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know how I can do that. I mean, and I think. If I had to do that, I would be a little bit like frustrated or kind of because everything you have in photos, obviously you don't have it in videos. So <laughs> when you have to like um, edit your film, I think I would have this feeling of like a missing part of the wedding that I have in photos mm-hmm. and I, I can't put them or I can't add them in the videos or I have to mix or maybe it's an idea I have to mix um, maybe some people do that like photos and videos on the yeah. same oh. um, on the same movie yeah so yeah I think I would be a little bit frustrated to have to manage both <laughs> and, and not be able to have exactly the same thing on yeah. both videos and photos yeah yeah no definitely yeah definitely as Simon said, you're a Sony ambassador. So, what what's in your camera bag? What bodies and lenses are you choosing to shoot with? So everything is Sony, of course. <laughs> of course. And yeah, of course. Well, in videos, Jeremy has some lenses that are not Sony; that are more like uh, cinema lenses. Okay. So he has some more things, but um, most of our equipment is uh, Sony. So in my bag, I have like two cameras. Uh, one Alpha One, uh, one A9, and I have three lenses that I use the most: the 35 uh, millimeters at Master, the new one. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the 50, 50 millimeters and the 85. And okay. sometimes I have in my bag with me, but I don't don't use so much. It's the 24. Right. Yeah. Um, I I do find that I'm seeing more photographers going the wider route they yeah, enjoy but, shooting 35 yeah. but i can see a trend of going towards the 24 recently there's been a couple of people we spoke yeah. to who embrace that wider lens yeah yeah and it's cool i mean i i love i i love my 24 to 70 i do wish i was i i could shoot with primes but um i'm not there yet um i, I have to ask um <clears throat> This is not a part of the kit bag, but who is uh, Licky the cat? Oh, yeah, Licky the cat. Oh, I'm so sad I'm not at home because <laughs> I would have shown you. Oh. Um, well, it, it's, a, it's a cat, so, yep. and it's a, an airless cat. And it's kind of a 
part of our uh, quirky family because, you know, it's kind of a weird cat. <laughs> yeah. if, you have, if you have never seen one, like people that, that, that saw this kind of cat for the first time, they love it or they hate it. Because it's like kind of weird seeing a cat without any hair. Yeah. Oh, and okay. they, look, uh, they look a little bit angry or uh, like not really nice cats. But uh-huh. at the opposite, they're really, really cool and like very adorable. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. kind of uh, the quirky family. <laughs> it's a quirky family member. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I, I, I kind of feel sorry for those kind of cats because they're always portrayed as like the villains of like <laughs> Disney movies or Pixar. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? They're always angry and they're always aggressive and usually they always yeah. want to kill you with their sharp claws. <laughs> exactly. This is a cat that when you have a villain, you never see the face, but you only see someone like in front of a, uh, plenty of buttons and he's on, on his knees and just like, um, you just have a, a look on the cat, like uh, a, a really bad cat, you know, so it's, it's always represented like a hell yeah. <laughs> or an evil animal, but it's adorable in real life. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Good, 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 good. Um, so are, are you just a cat lover or are you cats and dogs or are you just all animals are good? Oh, all animals are good. Actually, I'm a, a vegetarian. Okay. So animals are like really important for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, li- I like every kind of animals, but I only have one cat. Only have one cat. Yeah. yeah. You're not like a crazy cat lady or something. <laughs> not yeah, yet, anyway. Oh, you, you are. You're still a crazy cat. <laughs> yeah, no. I, oh, wow. I'm a, I'm a crazy, like, my cat lady. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's family. <laughs> awesome. Um, I, I'm assuming you're not going to be bringing uh, Lucky the cat to thrive, though, are you? Oh, I can't, and I, I'm not sure she'll enjoy that. So. No, probably not. And, yeah, no. that's a shame, but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, that's actually a perfect reminder. Uh, that's actually a perfect time to do a reminder to buy your tickets to Thrive. My God, if you've been listening to these podcasts, are you not hell of excited? A hell of excited to to buy your tickets and and come to Brighton, come to Glasgow. Uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it i always enjoy thrive when i go and uh i learn so much and you get to hang out with people it's just great it's just a good time um so yes lisa says buy your tickets to thrive remember don't just thrive in business greg no (laughs) no don't just survive in business greg thrive that's right (laughs) terrible i butchered that segue god damn Uh, and if you're liking what you can hear you can support us at patreon at patreon.com forward slash perspective by cinema for for as little as a pound you can support the podcast and that is where we keep all of our bonus content q a's all that kind of stuff so come support us if you want however greg push that button So obviously we've been talking to you already and I have given you an introduction, but in your own words, who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm, well, at first I'm Beatrice. I mean, yeah. Um, I'm a French uh, wedding photographer for 
more than uh, 10 years now. Um, I've been specializing in um, kind of alternative, if we can say that, weddings and destination weddings. Yep. And um, uh, how can I say that? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm based in France, but half of the year I'm not at home. I'm working like away mm-hmm. uh, everywhere in Europe and in the world, actually. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, that's really really cool. Yeah. And um, and yeah. How, how are you? How are you know. finding travel just now? Well, it's. It, I just uh, I just start to travel again, like uh, this year. Yeah. Because obviously in 2020, uh, I I didn't shoot any wedding. Well, actually, I shoot four. <laughs> okay. And um, and in 2021, it's the first year I only had like 100% weddings in France. Right. Okay. Like uh, the first year in uh, in 14 years uh, that I've only weddings in France. And um, 2022, destinations weddings are back. So I have not half of the season away, but I have, I would say, a quarter of the season away. Okay. Yep. Cool. So not bad. Yeah. Yeah. How how did you find like the adjustment from traveling so much to shooting a seat one season only in France? Mm. Did you have to change much in your business to get bookings in France? Yeah, I had to because um, all of our communication, like uh, SEO, Instagram, everything was um, was done to have those. Um, weddings away abroad and so we didn't very we didn't talk very much about the way that we are living in France we are living actually in an area that is southwest of France where you have a lot of weddings and and nobody knows that we are living there so we had to like reorientate things and we communicate a lot about the things that we are living there we did some photo shoots in there mm-hmm. So yeah, we have to we have to change a little bit the things, and it works. And I, I was surprised because it works very quickly. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Cool. And yeah, that's yeah. really really cool. And recently we did like uh, I don't know last year we did twenty twenty four I think weddings. Mm-hmm. That's quite a lot. Well, I think it's quite a lot. Yeah. And and we did maybe six in our area. So. We were from zero to six yeah. <laughs> in one year, <laughs> so it's quite crazy. Think about it, um, and we didn't. We, as we were not sure about this year, we we kept like communicating this way, and finally, destinations of weddings are back. But this year, we don't want to do the same mistakes we did the past year, so we want to recalibrate things and have communication for both destinations and both local weddings yeah yeah just in case yeah definitely you know it um i'm happy to hear that things did um change quickly because i think i think my worry would be that i would I, i would have to change all my marketing change everything completely and it would take time and by the time it eventually sorted itself out I'd be back to traveling okay. And then I would need to go back again to like, 
oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm now redoing destination weddings. Let's let's go. And then that would take longer coming back. So I'm I'm really happy that that's not the case. No, um, no, actually, it, 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 uh, we, we changed the thing like in two weeks. Yeah. And it, it, it was enough. So. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Um, well, let's let's um, let's stop talking about now. Tell us about how you got into doing wedding photography. Where did it all start for you? Well, it started like a long time ago. I was a teenager and I didn't plan to be a wedding photographer like at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to work in the marketing business. And I, I have an, an older brother, like 10 years older than me. And he began to start, like he started photo- reading photography, like he, he enjoyed photography. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can't remember how or when exactly, but it just bought um, shop. But you know, this kind of old style shop in the city center of um, middle, medium city, Mm-hmm. Uh, one hour from Paris, and it was like uh, like five minutes away by walk from my school. So I just started to help him at at his shop, mm-hmm. and I was doing sometimes portraits, but you know, like identity photos. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and I was selling um, film uh, when he was shooting weddings on Saturdays. Okay. Yeah. But just to help him. You know, it was uh-huh. just to help him. And one day he said, why don't you follow, him, follow me on a, on a wedding, like a second, second shot shooting me? And I was like, I don't know anything about like cameras, <laughs> settings, nothing, nothing. Uh-huh. And, and he said to me, like, you see, it's not that difficult. And he just uh, gave me, just put me a camera in my hands and said, okay, when, when this situation, do that. In that situation, do that. And I was just like, okay, let's try. And finally, I really enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed like uh, uh, the mood and um, and the contact with people, with couples. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, and after maybe a month, uh, so maybe after four weddings, he said, oh, hey, okay, I have, a, I have a, an inquiry for a wedding. I'm, I'm not available. Uh-huh. Why don't you do it? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Uh, I've done four weddings in my life and I was just second shooting. Like, I, I don't even know if he used the photos for the couple. So, okay, let's try. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, it, it went very well. So, so I, I, I still like um, ended my uh, business and marketing studies. But when I started to work, like the real life work job, um, I was like, oh, I think I don't want to do that. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked with uh, Jeremy at this time because we met in that company right. I started right, okay. to work in. Yeah. Cool. And and I said to him, like after maybe three months of relationship, uh, I said to him, I don't, work, I don't want to work here anymore and I think I want to be a full-time photographer. Uh, he said, okay, go for it and we'll try for a year and I, I will support you and if it works, that's cool and if it don't, well, if it doesn't work, well, well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. and it it all started like this. And finally, the first year I started to work with um, my own with my own name, uh, it was a really nice year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and uh, I never stopped since then. Yeah, 
That's really cool. That's brilliant. And did you, yeah. did you, has your style changed at all? Or oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, mean, how so? Tell us. Oh well, there's different things. Um, Fourteen years ago, um, like in general, wedding styles were not like what they are now today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we didn't have like moody, fine art, uh, all those like words we're using to to describe ourselves, and and. Uh, I didn't know everything of anything about wedding photography, so I was really copying what my brother was doing. Yeah. And and he had it, we are completely different. I mean, he is he's very calm. Um, I'm someone very like chatterbox and all the stuff. So we are really the opposite. And so his style was like it was it was him like yeah. on these photos, but it was definitely not me. And um, so I started to copy him. So it was very classical, like uh, we're doing those cliche photos uh, with a couple on a nice bridge uh, in the <laughs> in the park in uh-huh. the middle of the city. So it was very very classic. And um, so I had to like educate myself. So I started to look at like uh, American photographers, like English photographers. And I, I saw that there, there was something different that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started to copy the, those guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, um, Can you remember and who? I, my... <sighs> I can't. It's, I mean, it's a long time ago. ago so... Yeah, it was a long time ago, but I, I don't even... I don't... I don't think I even like followed someone specific, specific. I was just like going on Google images or I don't even think Pinterest existed at this time. So, <laughs> <laughs> my God, that sounds very old. Yeah. Like, really. Uh-huh, <laughs> so, yep. so, yeah, I, I was just like Googling wedding photography and reading some nice uh, blogs, like US blogs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is the kind of photo that I really like more than the classic ones we have in France. And and I tried like to do that in France. And that's it. So I came from classic things with almost no editing. It was very real-to-life colors. Uh-huh. Uh, I tried fine art because at the time, like in 2012 or so, it was like very... Um, common in France to have those fine art colors. Mm-hmm. So I was fine art and then I was like, no, it's not, it's not me neither. So I changed again. And, and I think I have like quite the same style for the past, I would say seven years, yeah. six years maybe. Yeah. Very and how, cool. how would you describe your style now then? Ah, <sighs> Well, if we have to use like those uh, wedding photography words, I would say I'm, I'm a moody photographer if I have to put myself somewhere. Um, but I don't like that neither because like what what is like moody? I mean, there's even in the moody side, you can have, you can have like a lot of different styles. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I would say that I like I like warm colors. I like um, black that are very black. Um, I like the golden hour colors, oh, like yeah. I'm, I'm shooting a lot at golden hour. So this is how I would describe my style. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, when I when I look at your portfolio, it is it is very warm and it's it's very yeah. it's, it's quite it's quite intimate actually. Um, yeah. Is it is it because I'm I, so I'm drawn towards the warmer aesthetics as well, and um, actually, so past couple of years I had gone through like when COVID hit. Um, I had gone through uh, making our images, uh, our videos, uh, a little bit warmer, and the greens were starting to look more brown, and I really enjoyed that. And then yeah. I think th- through the conversations we were having in perspective, or it might have been even Clubhouse when that was around, I was like, oh no, I should, I should maybe, because um, st- Scotland is such a green country, I should really try to perfect my greens instead of just wiping them out and making making them orange. Yeah. Do, do you, do you ever go through that sort of thing in your head? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, so Actually, me that. Okay. Well, here, here years ago, um, when, uh, well, I don't know for you, but like Moody came in France not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I would say it, it became popular maybe five years ago, I would say. Yeah, okay. I'm not even sure. Maybe yeah. four years ago, uh-huh. and uh, like like a lot of friends, I started to go for this kind of color that I went way too far. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. it was like as I wanted to be very the opposite of the fine art colors. Uh, so I, I went really too far. Like my greens. There were no greens anymore in my pictures. Oh, so you, <laughs> I, yeah, you did the same. You just wiped out your greens yeah, just like I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were like brown, orangey, yellowy, but not greens anymore. Yeah. Um, and it was the same for blue sky. My blue sky were never blue. Uh, yeah. there was, they were like uh, grayish, <laughs> even if it, it was a sunny day. And... The thing is, when you like, when you have your head in your season, you don't see that. Yeah. But most of the time, you have to let go, like the the winter season, because you don't shoot. Well, I, I don't shoot a lot of weddings during winter, no. so I don't look at wedding photos during this period. And so, when I come back on before the the new season to start, when I come back on my uh, last year photos and I look at them and I'm like. Maybe, maybe it was a little bit too much. <laughs> so the year after, I'm like, okay, maybe I can try to work my green a little bit better. And yeah. so my iPhone green that was minus 100%, like for real. <laughs> the year after, they're like, okay, maybe we can go for minus 80%. Yeah. And the year after, I'm like, okay, maybe we can go 60 <laughs> yeah, and then and now I'm like minus maybe thirty or something like that. Yeah. My greens are still not green, <laughs> but I'm doing better. Yeah. Okay. Good. I think. Um, yeah. I d- I don't know what brought me into color coloring our films like that. I mean, I am drawn to the warmth, and um, I don't know if it was me trying to. Um, work our colors so that whenever, whenever I did like a screenshot to put on Instagram, that on the feed it would all have a very yeah. samey color palette. 
which if you look yeah. at our Instagram now is not the case. Yeah. Like it's all over the place. Um, yeah. especially when we're like, we shoot big weddings, but we also shoot elopements. Um, so the colors are just t- t- all over the place and it used to really bother me. So I think I used to spend a lot of time doing that. Yeah. Forcing different locations to almost feel the same as each other. Yeah. Like, whereas now it's like, no, each location is different. Yeah. yeah. And I think I still see, not that this is bad, but I see a lot of filmmakers just desaturating the colors and that is the look. So whatever color is popping at whatever venue, or it's just suppressed. Do you see that a lot? I feel uh-huh. I feel like maybe our work isn't as vibrant, but I do like color. So I don't I don't know I I don't want to desaturate everything. Um, yeah. But yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That that's that's cool. That I'm not the only problem. Uh, I'm not the only person who has that issue. But uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about. A couple of questions about like business more so. So how many yeah. bookings do you aim for each year for whether it's photo or photo and video? Well, we try like to have 15 weddings a year. Well, it's the goal for, for next year. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because the, the past year we, we, we said exactly the same thing. Like, wow, 20 weddings is too much. We have to like, lower that that number and every year it's the same we're doing 20 weddings and so the goal for next year is to have 15 weddings and the time that we have free um will be very useful to develop all the other projects that are not wedding related okay so yeah we're trying to do like 15 and that's it yeah yeah nice Do, do you have any advice for people trying to do the same thing well, we have to learn to say no. I mean, there's no other way. <laughs> yep. That's the thing. That's why. That's why we we end, we end to like to do twenty wins and sometimes much more. Mm-hmm. It's just because we we just meet cool people. They have really nice projects. They they contact us saying, "Yeah, we absolutely want you to be your our photographer or videographer." So we like, oh my god, we can't say no to. To people that really want you, like we, we all want that. We want people that just send an email, and in that email, you want to feel that they want you, and they take time to like uh, talk about that project, be very specific, specific about it, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my god, and and if it, if what if this is like the best wedding you've ever done in your life. So it's quite difficult to say no. So at the end, we're like, okay, we just take one more and, and that's it. And finally, the next one is like, oh, maybe we, we can pass on this one too. So Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's definitely difficult. hard to say no. <laughs> yeah. So what what do you, what exactly do you offer your couples? What is, what's in the package or the a la carte sort of options? Um, so we have like, um, we decided to have like one unique package yep. like for cool. photos and videos i mean and and so we have of course the the edited uh, photos at least we promise like uh 50 hundred uh editing photos edited okay. photos and for the videos we we choose to have um five um five to seven minutes uh video okay so it's not too short mm-hmm. but it's not too long it's yep. quite in the middle yeah 
Um, and uh, I offer, but it's a surprise for my couples, but I offer a little like kind of um, magazine with uh, a selection of photos because right. I really like yeah. people to have photos on papers yeah. Yeah. And, and then don't print a lot lately. So mm. yeah, I want to, I want them to have that and that's it. All the rest is options. So of course we have uh, um, all the brunch, welcome dinner option, um, books, uh, long version film, um, so social media film, Mm-hmm. Like one minute teaser yeah. and all the stuff, but all those things are options. Cool. Yeah, that's quite it's quite similar to how we do it. We've got our base package, and then you add on your extras if you want to tailor it. To yeah. yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you don't always love or everything that you do. So it's quite nice when a when a couple don't want the full ceremony or or whatever it is. You don't need to make it. It's great. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. I actually, I actually, I actually do edit the ceremony and the speeches in a way just to keep them on back back file so that I can get Greg to do the upsell in the emails later. But um, yeah, Instagram edits and stuff take longer yeah. than you'd maybe want them to. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, let's. I want to get on to talking a little bit more about your talk, which is um, signature portraits. Um, yeah. which is awesome and again buy your tickets to thrive i think it's going to be a really good event um i'm going to be interested to hear your talk actually um that being said i don't want to ask too many questions because <laughs> i do want people <laughs> to, to come along and actually hear you give the talk so Yes, um, but I always I always find it interesting when I, when I when I think about portraits about the history. Strangely enough, I don't know why I think of the history of it, um, but it was I mean it's it was one of the original most popular forms of photography was portraits. Yeah, um, obviously yeah. to capture people's wealth, to capture um, their family, and it was also um, I think at the time in the eighteen hundreds it was like starting to become popular because people didn't like sitting with their whole family for hours to get everything painted like a painted portrait yeah um because i'm sure if you've if you've shot in like a scottish or english manor or castle you'll see the old family paintings or you know they're creepy as fuck but they're quite cool (laughs) um so yeah when photography came along that was like um how they kind of battled that even though, even though you still had to like sit for a long time, completely still during portraits because they didn't have like a fast shutter. Like it, you, you click the button and you'd have to be like completely still. And uh, that, that's where you come across like um, all, like all the portraits from that time are like people completely, um, they have no expression. They're completely deadpan because it was really hard to hold their face in a tensed yeah. smile. So smiling in photographs was not a thing, which probably is the reason why, well, paintings, they didn't, did they smile in paintings? I can't even remember. But for photographs, no. if you look at any old portraits, they're dead serious. That's why they're so scary, man. They are so, so scary. Uh, well, but, even, even today, 
Even today. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking at the, for example, the, the royal family portraits, uh-huh. like the very classical ones, there are photos today. But like very, they are all very serious. Yeah. Like standing, standing tall. Yeah. And yeah. Like, like, I don't know, the royal status, you know. Like. <laughs> I have, I, so it's still the case today. Yeah, I, you know what? I didn't even think about that. That's actually really funny. Uh, whenever I think of like a, a, a royal portrait, I still think of artists coming in and painting the queen. Do you remember that? Was it not like... Who's that, who's that guy who had the, the, who had the didgeridoo? Was it a didgeridoo? Hang on. He had like a sheet... Whoa, 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 whoa. He's an Australian guy. Oh, Rolf Harris. Rolf Harris. Did he not paint like a really abstract picture of the queen? No I could idea. be... So, um, I'm off topic here. <laughs> Sorry, um, but what, so what is it about portraits that you like so much? Um, I mean, there are, I have like different inspirations when it comes to portraits because if you think about it, um, if you look, if we're looking on the angle of colors, for example, uh-huh. I really like. Um, the painting, uh, the colors we had on the painting, like um, the German, or um, I don't have the word in English. It wasn't a German, but it was uh, like Netherlands, maybe. There was an, uh, an area in the painting uh, time where the Netherlands painters were very famous, and they had these really specific colors the warm colors and the specific uh, way of uh, manage um, uh, the lights. I don't have, I'm sorry, I don't have the word in English. Um, oh my God. I, yeah, hang on. Yeah. Oh, it's that right is, on the, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. I'm sorry, listeners, that's terrible. Yeah. I do, why is so, that stuff? Yeah, anyway, on you go. I, I don't remember, maybe it will come later. Yeah. But yeah, if you think about, if you think about the color style, I'm really inspired by, by this painter's area. And uh, if you think on the angles of posing and, and stuff like that, finally, I'm more inspired by videos. Okay. Because I don't really pose people. Well, I pose them, mm-hmm. but, uh, well, I would say I guide them more than I'm, I'm posing them. Yeah, okay. That means I'm using a, a lot of movements. Um, I really like people like to, I don't know, run, uh, walk. Um, like on my photos, most of the time for the portraits, people are doing something. Yeah, yeah. They're not just like sitting or look at the camera and posing. Uh-huh. So yeah, so I'm really inspired by everything that is around videos it could be music videos it could be i don't know whatever you want um advertising uh but i really i really like to watch things that are in movement okay yeah it's funny because i remember going back to a few workshops that i did uh I don't know if you know these guys, uh, Mark Pakura and yeah. um, Eric Rene. Uh, I went to their yeah. workshops and they were very much um, the same thing. They love the motion. Um, and they, yeah. they said very similar to you, if they had two locations, they would still um, shoot away 
between the locations, and sometimes that's when they would get their best stuff, which is yeah. um, really it cool. Puts, it puts the couple at ease if they've got something to do, yeah, and then they can forget that they're being photographed. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, Don't give all the silly secrets. No. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> so many secrets in this podcast (laughs) go back and listen to the whole back catalog or subscribe (laughs) Um, yeah you you get the point actually yeah yeah uh, that's really cool uh, talk so so obviously your your talk is called signature portraits what what does what does the 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 signature refer to um so uh we all have as photographers or even videographers, some pictures that really we really like. Um, and like we almost, it can be a situation, it can be a pose, a specific pose, it can be a specific way um, to like uh, manage the light, it can be like golden hour, blue hour, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we all have um, a specific thing that we like when doing portraits, like portrait sessions. And even even if we we don't do it on purpose, but we repeat this kind of thing, weddings after weddings. Yep. And finally, yeah. these pictures that at first it was just something, maybe we, we did it because it was easy to do, or it was easy to ask for the couple to do. Mm-hmm. At the end, because we, we're doing again, again, and again, um, we're mastering this specific picture and this picture, the goal is when people, I don't know, on Instagram or whatever, when they see that picture, even before looking at the name, they know it's yours. Yeah. And this picture is your signature picture. You can have one, you can have multiple. Mm-hmm. But this, and I think it's really important to have this picture on your wedding. It's like the one that says it's you and it's only you. Yeah, that's you know good. What I mean? yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. So... Why should photographers or why are portraits important to either the photographer? You sort of of covered it there for the photographer, but for the couple as well, why is the portrait aspect of a wedding so important? Well, I think this is the weddings for me. It's just more than weddings. I mean, of course, this is something that um, uh, lets people like... um, don't forget their history, their family history. This is something that you can give to your uh, chi- your children, and uh, and one day when you be old, you can give to your your grandchildren. And so this is really important for the history aspect. But for me, this is more than weddings. I mean, photos in general, um, they let us remember a time. So when I'm looking at my pictures, uh, I've done like ten years ago. I can say that it was 10 years ago because how people, how they looked, how the wedding looked like. And I think it's the same for portraits. When you're doing a portrait, this is something that you will um, keep forever. I mean, the rest of the wedding too, but finally when people look at wedding pictures or when you see a couple showing the wedding pictures to another person, there are two things that I will show to people. Couple pictures, uh, ceremony, uh, um, maybe three, like the couple pictures, maybe some photos of the ceremony, and the family portraits. Yeah. 
these are the three things that people will show to like a stranger, someone they just met and they have a, like, a talk and they're like, oh, I just got married last year. Okay, show me some pictures. They will show like first, I think they will show like portraits portraits of uh, the couple first. Yeah. Maybe family pictures and maybe some of the ceremony. The rest, like getting ready pictures, they are nice, but they are just nice for the family itself. Yeah. Mm, and, yeah. Uh, and the party, the same for the party. But I think portraits are really more than just portraits. They are like what represents the couple as people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So in your talk, will you be, does portraits cover the group shots as well? Will you be covering any of that? No, on this one, on the talk, I will only talk about the couple pictures. Yeah. But maybe, well, actually, that's not a bad idea to like uh, have some, uh, maybe a few minutes about the portrait family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mainly it will be about the couple pictures. Yeah, yeah cool. Okay, so <clears throat> it's time, it's time. You're at a wedding, it's time to take some portraits. <laughs> yeah. You're at a new venue or just somewhere you haven't been before. What do you look for when you decide that's where I'm going to do the portraits? Um, I'm looking, the first thing I'm looking for is the sun. The sun. Cause, cool. Yeah. Because as I said, I really like warm colors. I really like golden hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So first thing, the sun. And next, I will see what I can get. Uh, what spot is nice, what background is cool to use Yeah. based on where the scent is. Okay, cool. So um, how, how do you... I, I, I asked this question to another guest when you were talking about good light and I think a lot of newcomers to the industry don't really know what good light is or, or you know, even turning... You know, like they, they will have heard like, oh, it's sharp light. You, you want to avoid like harsh light. But then other creative photographers, they love sharp light. So how, how do you approach lighting? Like, and, and, and what is good light to you when you go to a venue? You're like, yes, there, there's some good light. What is good light to you? Um, well, um, I'm not a fan of like really harsh light. Okay. But actually, I can I can do it very nice. Um, I was surprised. I, I've done like last year, very very nice pictures in harsh light. So I'm, I think I'm gonna do more. Cool. Um, but for me, good light is like the golden hour, like mm. almost almost blue hour, like the very end, the very end, warm, like orange sky. Yeah. Um, almost no sun uh, or really really low. So we just have those beautiful rare flights because mm. um, golden hour can be harsh too to, to manage. It's, it's the beginning of the golden hour. You have this very bright round sun behind you yeah. uh, or in front of you, depending where you, how you shoot, you're shooting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really like the, the best light for me is the really end of the golden hour, like almost blue hour. Yeah. So, so will you hang on doing a couple session until that time or do you sometimes just like to do it when the light isn't perfect just to get stuff in well, the bag? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think it depends a lot of, um, of the schedule. 
because sometimes, well, this kind of end the couple, because, um, for example, if I have a couple that is already at dinner when the light is uh, really nice for me, yeah. I'll just ask them. Yeah. I'll just ask them, like, do you mind if we like, just go out for, I don't know, t- if it, if it, even if it can't give me like 10 minutes, that's okay. Yeah. But 10 minutes with the perfect light, and I, I will give my best during this 10, <laughs> 10 minutes. If yeah. I don't have any choice, then I'll shoot with the light I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, um, I will do the most of my couple session before. But still, I will ask the couple if they can go out for five minutes during the nice uh, yeah the nice time and that's like yeah yeah hell so, yeah I, I, how, I, how long would you normally like to have for a portrait session so nor- well, you said you I'm can doing, do it in 10 minutes but how long would you like yeah. to have well at least 20 it's cool yeah, yeah. 20 if i'm alone 30 if i'm with jeremy because of course he has to like <laughs> do his shot too uh, always in your so show yeah yeah actually <laughs> <laughs> the numbers of shots i have his hands or elbows, or, you know, or the end of the lens on my shot. I mean, we can't imagine the time I spend on, on Lightroom, like, erase the lens, uh, or the ends, or, um, uh, of the head. Or <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeremy, I'm just throwing you under the bus. <laughs> I've not even met you, and I'm, I'm sorry, I do apologize. <laughs> well, but it's the same for me, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 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 go on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Sorry, I, there might be a little bit of a delay there. Um so so go so going back to your your session, your you have that lovely golden hour which I thought you would like cuz you you like those kind of raw the the warm rich colors. Um how do you approach lighting with the sun? With the, do, are, do you like the backlight? Do you like yeah. the contrast of like a dark background with a, a properly exposed person, but the sun shining right on them, or a little bit of a mix? Do you use flash? Yeah, um, um, I really like backlight. Yeah. So most of the time, um, that's why I'm looking where the sun is, and right after I'm looking at the spot or the background. Because I really would, I really like to have uh, the sun on backlight, and I really like to have, like, in my signature portraits, for example, yeah. uh, there's one picture I really like is to having the couple really, really close, or their mouth really, really close, and I really like to put the sun like just between their lips, yeah. um, like this kind of pose where they're about to kiss but not yet, and, and so I like to have those little rays of light between their lips. Yep. So if I have the sun on the right direction, but the spot behind is really awful, I'm like, oh shit, how can I do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but finally, it, it ends up by doing a really, really close portrait, like really close, mm-hmm. so close that you can even see their eyes most of the time. I'm framing like from nose or from well, the end of the nose to maybe like, uh, yeah, the top of uh, the chest mm-hmm. and that's it. And nice. this one is one of my signature portraits. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's why I'm, I'm looking for the light first. And then I see what kind of framing I can do with that. Yeah. Depending the background. Mm. Yeah. Is that, do you, do you do that because, maybe you haven't thought about this, but we were having this conversation with another photographer. Was it 
Dylan? Anyway, we, we were talking about watching TV shows and watching how the lighting dictated the narrative. So when you have yeah. a scene of two characters and there's a backlight behind them and there's maybe a little hint of a relationship, I can turn to my wife and go, they're about to have a moment here. You might want to pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> and they do it. Like you said, the the light and all, it's always in, you know, backlighting the couple make out or, or there's that moment, but it's always backlit. So it yeah. is, it is, does cinematography play a role as an influence for those moments? Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I'm sure. I'm sure because we, we have like associated some kind of light mm-hmm. or to a mood, if, if I can say that. Yeah. So if you, if you are in a very bright, sunny, harsh light moment, it's difficult to, if you, if you think about a movie scene, you, don't, you, you won't see um, a romantic uh, scene in the harsh light or, yeah. uh, yep. you know, you maybe think of a rainy day. Because mm-hmm. you have a lot of movie scenes where the romantic themes are the romantic scenes are on rainy days. Like they didn't have uh, seen it for seen them for like a few weeks, and they're back together, and it, then it started to rain, and it's so romantic. So and so these days not sunny, but it's like gray. So mm-hmm. gray days are associated with um, romantic uh, sceneries and. It's the same for golden hour or blue hour. Yeah. They're really associated with a certain mood. And same for Arshlight. This is another mood, maybe more joyful. I don't know. It's really perfect like for a ceremony exit. We like ceremony exit with Arshlight because this is joyful time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely cinematography has a, has a thing on, on, on the side. Yeah. Awesome. Do you think, you think a lot of photographers underestimate the power of the portrait session? Hmm, I don't know if a lot of them do that, but I think I think a lot of that of them are doing are doing them because yeah, because it's like that. You know? Because in, in wedding you have to you have to shut the getting ready, then the ceremony, then the couple pictures, then the, the party. <laughs> and this is part of, of wedding photos. So a lot of them doing them just because they have to, yeah. but maybe some of them don't don't think about the power of them or the power they can have, mm. uh, like for you as a photographer, but also for them as a memory or a souvenir. Yeah. yeah. Do you? So, I suppose this this question relates more to like group shots, I suppose, rather than yeah. portraits. So I don't know if it makes sense, but. Do you, and I'm asking because certain photographers have said that there's a, um, a monet, monetary, there's, there's a cash value to doing yeah. more portraits. And maybe, maybe this is part of like a, like, um, a couple session rather than, uh, during a wedding, but mm-hmm. you'd want to take more portraits so that a couple spend more money on the back end wanting more prints does that make sense yeah 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 i can understand that and that's that's quite true actually Mm -hmm. because if you think about it um i don't know any photographers that really like doing those family uh portraits like doing one after the other yes i mean it's boring there's nothing creative in that 
uh, it's just people like standing next to each other and looking at the camera. It just takes like five seconds to do it and then next. So I don't know any photographers who really like that, but um, for me, even if, if, if we think not about the, the cash, but the value, like the sentimental value of this portrait, yeah. people want them. Mm-hmm. Like parents want them, uncles uh, want them, uh, cousins want them, because this is one occasion to have all your family on the same pictures and everyone's, every, everyone's looking good. Everyone's looking at the camera, probably smiling. So these are the portraits that are really like in terms of money, but also in terms of sentimental value for me, they are the ones that the most underestimated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't like to do them, but at the end, these are the ones people will keep forever. Yes. It is. Yeah. It's the ones it's, um, what, what have I called them in the best? Um, the the mantelpiece images it's the ones that your grand's yeah. going to print off and put on her on her walls or on her mantelpiece um yeah yeah so yeah yeah uh, they are important on it's not really the flip side but i was and again i can i can never remember the sources of information that i hear cuz I, I hear so much i'm just like who said that again i can't remember but a photographer was um talking about the pressure of more getting more content from <clears throat> a couple of sessions excuse me yeah and they were talking about the the anxiety about not feeling that they've had enough mm. and now I'm saying this, it was, e- it was either fair or easy or it was Sam Hurd on another source. Someone tell me, someone, someone correct me. Uh, <laughs> but they were saying that you only really need a handful of good portraits. You don't need to be feeling, feeling like you need to take the couple out for an hour and just getting as much as you can just because you feel like you haven't got this shot here or you haven't got this pose or something like that so do you do you have any comment on that sort of thought process that actually you probably do have enough content yeah i think we have like to let down this pressure because we don't need a hundred pictures couple pictures like most of the time um even if you give even if you keep that you can give a hundred, hundred couple pictures to your couple, or you can give only 20. At the end, um, I just noticed that people, they like, they really like, uh, maybe two or three on the entire session. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the goal is, even if, even if you have like only 10 minutes or if you, even if you can only have like, uh, 10 pictures, make the most of the 10 pictures for the couple to like only one. That's the goal at the end. Yeah. They don't need, they don't need 10 pictures to put on the wall on their, uh, on their living room. They just need one that can maybe use for, uh, thank you cards or they can use for the social media profile pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if some photographers, if they're following their couples on, uh, I don't know, social media like Instagram, most of the time you notice that they use only two, two or three pictures. And that's it. Mm. All the rest is really cool, but they, it's not that they don't like it. It's just that they have their favorite 
and it's always one or two pictures and that's it. So for me, during a couple sessions, that's really important to have. We all want this creative, really amazing, well-effect pictures, but I keep this one for the end Mm -hmm. of the session. And I make sure that if I have only 10 minutes with the couple, well, I, I, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck about the, about the creative pictures and all the war effects. I will like focus on having nice portrait that I'm sure the couple will like. Mm-hmm. And most of the time there are three of them. One with the couple, nice face, maybe, uh, they don't have to look at the camera, but when we can see both of the face, yeah, even yeah. if they're looking away. Mm-hmm. There, there is one uh, bride portrait of her alone and one of the groom. Yeah. If you have those three, well, job is done for the couple, actually. For sure. Yeah, and nice. it would be a test interesting to do, like doing a wedding and, and just like having these three pictures and see how the couple will react to that. Mm. And I'm pretty sure, if, of course, if they're all done well, I'm sure they will be happy with those three pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I remember recently my partner and I booked a virtual maternity session with our friend Nikki Ledbetter and the package was, I can't remember, like half an hour shoot and you got three digital images. And I was like, initially it was like, oh wow, only three? Like we're, we're shooting for half an hour here and only getting three images. But when you stop and thought about it, it's like, yeah, like what am I really going to do with more than that? You're not going to print and frame 20 maternity photos. So, yeah, yeah, it just made sense eventually. It was like, yeah, you just need three really good shots. That's it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we all want more because uh, we are like, uh, we feel stressed about it. Like, we feel that we don't have the shot, like the amazing shot. But if we think about it, for who is that shot? Is it really for the couple or is it for ourselves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure is it for ourselves because we want to post that on Instagram, create the war effect. Like, uh, like we want people to um, compliment us about it. Like, uh, yeah. And at the end, we, we need few of them. Like, uh, not on every wedding, but we need few of them because those photos those makes us um, remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some couples will book us thanks to that yeah. those photos but when it comes to their own wedding they don't need that actually yeah agreed yeah absolutely yeah so one question that we always like to ask every guest is do you have any book recommendations for us whether that be photography book or business um, what can what advice can I give you Oh, I don't know. Um, I absolutely have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> or it could, or, or it could change it up to like TV show yeah. for like cinematography and composition um, or podcasts. Well, I, the, uh, photography related, um, I'm, I'm reading a lot like uh, fashion photography books. Yep. Okay. And one of my favorites, for example, is, um, uh, uh, oh, I forgot his name. Wait, wait a second. <laughs> um, he, he died last year, actually. A really famous fashion photographer. 
Um, of, uh, he shoot a lot in black and white. Uh, to be fair, you're traveling, so you don't have your library of books behind you. A lot of the podcast guests we've been to- speaking to are like, um, and they're looking behind them. They're <laughs> they're having a look through their whole library, and uh, yeah, I mean Neil Thomas Douglas just <laughs> pretty much just picked up a whole pile of books and was just showing them one after another. It was like this one and this one. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've done like most of the. Um of the Vogue magazine covers like for, I don't know, for maybe two decades. Uh-huh. Let's have a... Uh, are you it's shooting mainly black and white. Peter Lindbergh? Peter Lindbergh! Oh Peter my Lindbergh. God! Yes! Oh, I can't believe I saw that his name. <laughs> Literally just Googled it on my phone and I was lucky that that was the first name that came up. So, <laughs> I'm actually not familiar with his work. I, th- I think... Neil did recommend his book. There's one of his that Neil recommended as well. Oh, really? I really like. Yeah. I really like his work, and for his time, because like he, he I think he died. He was last year, so um, he was famous in the '90s and twenties uh, uh, area. And um, the thing is, for his time, he was very different because, he, of course, he was shooting black and white, but. A lot of photographers in the 90s were shooting black and white. But the difference between him and the others, he loved motion in these pictures. Mm -hmm. And it was quite new and quite different for fashion photography. Uh, If you look at his pictures, of course, there are a lot of portraits in studio and stuff. But he has also a lot of photography taken with natural light, Mm. with just simple studio backgrounds and uh, reflectors and stuff like that. And a lot of movements and motions in these pictures, like uh, models walking in the streets or in the beach. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was quite different and quite new in fashion photography in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I I love that. I love this. Uh, the, uh, right, right enough. There are some images that I have seen before in his portfolio. Yeah. Um, just checking out uh, the real Peter Lindbergh uh, on Instagram. Yeah. There, you can check out his work. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to hit follow there, Greg. Uh, awesome. For newcomers to the industry, do you have any advice um, that would help them in their journey to creating a killer portrait? Yeah, I would say um, inspired, be inspired by everything except wedding photography. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We say that a lot on this podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, um, it's the same, like, it was the same for me, like, a decade ago. I was just, I was saying I was copying my brother's style because I had no other reference. Yep. Yeah. But when I started to open myself to other things like fashion, advertising, whatever, music, um, it was way easier for me to develop my style to know me better, um, to create those signature parts that I was talking about. So just be inspired by everything you want except wedding photography. It can be, it, it, will, it will make your work like richer. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that I've seen in uh, movies, for example, and I was like, 
Oh, that's a real nice, um, I was thinking it's a real nice way to, I don't know, use the light or um, frame or whatever. I tested them in weddings and I was like, oh, so I can emulate those things in nice. weddings, actually. Yeah. But it's not weddings related. It was a movie. It was a music video. It was something else. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So yeah. good. That's why I also like, as you, as you say, Peter Lindbergh, like looking at photography books that, well, I don't know if there's many photography books that are wedding related, but just general street photography or wedding photography, yeah. mm-hmm. fashion photography. And it's like, oh. Trying, yeah. Try and incorporate that idea. Yeah. Even, even for the poses, I mean, fashion is fashion. So sometimes the poses are like oh, way too much for a bride or, uh, yeah, it's, it's too difficult. But there are some um, mood or expressions or, as I said, telling Brad, as a lot of people walking in these uh, pictures and we don't think enough of, we always talk about being like natural on the, pictures because mm-hmm. i mean it's easy for the couple to accept that if we're saying that the couple pictures will be natural at the end we all guide them and we all make them pose <laughs> so natural yeah <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah. but but yeah so i think looking at those pictures and we're like okay maybe we can have nice portraits with just having a bride or a groom or a couple just walking and using a different lens than the rest of the, of the wedding mm-hmm. and having a d- different perspective or a different angle, not be, not be face to them, but a little bit on the side uh, and having them not looking at, at us. And just, you can have these ideas just by looking at like fashion books or yeah. Yeah. other photography. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I, I, Everyone's been giving us some really good recommendations recently. Um, yeah, we should we should take some cinemate money, Greg, and purchase some of these books, or just get the ones that are on the shelf back out. Or get, get them. them. Well, <laughs> yes, that's very true. But there's some cracking ones that have been recommended. Yeah. That they. I mean, obviously, we do appreciate these books are very expensive. However, you're investing in your art, your craft by learning all these things. So. Please do um, take note of these um, these books and, and these artists and photographers, filmmakers, and go out and, and watch their work, look at their stuff, study. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So that's what I'm going to try and convince Greg to do. Greg, can we up can we upgrade our library, pr- please? <laughs> Makes a change from Greg. Can I get a new camera? <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, it, it, it adds too having a great camera and uh, all the equipment. It's yeah. cool too. So. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, okay, Greg, can I get a new camera too? No. <laughs> ah, yeah, but, yeah, but, <laughs> nice try. <laughs> One day he'll turn around and he'll give me permission to buy a new camera. Um, anyway, for, for people who are looking for you online, where should they go? Oh, well, uh, Instagram, I think, is the first thing you can find me. And it's the most updated uh, spot where I am. So first Instagram and the website. Uh, I don't use Facebook almost anymore. So so, sorry for Facebook users. Um, and yeah, that's, that's it, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and what's your, what's your website address? What's your Instagram account? So the website address is, uh, the, uh, how do you say the line in English? 
hyphen? Uh, Hi- hyphen? Dash. Just dash. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the dash quirky.com. Mm-hmm. And the Instagram is Beatrice the Quirky. Beatrice underscore the Quirky. Very cool. Uh, and people can find us at cinematefilms.co.uk on Instagram and Facebook. We're forward slash cinematefilms. 21st, 22nd, Brighton, 24th, 25th, Glasgow. This is m- the month of March 2022. Six incredible speakers, shoot sessions so that you can see your heroes in action. Lunch and snacks provided. It's obviously held at two very cool boutique hotels in Glasgow and Brighton. Uh, you get a killer goodie bag and also the chance to hang out with your industry peers for two whole days. We can't recommend Thrive enough. Um, we love it. And we're filmmakers. And it's for photographers. Or is it? No. <laughs> explore your influences um we hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did you can join us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash perspective by cinemate for as little as a pound you can support the podcast and for the price of a coffee every month you can get access to all the q a's and bonus content that won't be available anywhere else Except for if you are listening to this podcast, there is no hidden content for you for Photography Farm, for this collaboration. We have given you our whole conversation and I hope you have enjoyed it. If you have, hit that subscribe button and you can get your normal podcast for free. Um, If you liked it, leave a review. If you didn't, please don't. (laughs) However, in the meantime... Don't just survive, thrive.